want to be in the sequel. That's what I'm talking about. It's the Disenfranchised Podcast, that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me, as always, the man with brains to spare, it's my co-host, Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. Hello, Stephen. That's right. We are right smack dab in the middle of our spookiest of thons. Uh, doing some Romero remakes. But before we get into the movie that we're discussing today, I do need to introduce that other guy over there, and his name is Tucker. Hey, Tucker. Hi, it's me, Tucker. How's it going, Steven? It goes. That's pretty cool. Speaking of spooky season, you know, I have remembered to put the spooky version of the disenfranchised theme before both of the previous episodes this month, which I'm really um, proud of myself for because I forgot all month last year. Yeah, you really did not, not remember at all. Didn't exist. Nope. Well, that was kind of a weird time for me too. October was a tumultuous month for me last year. It was. Ooh, it boy. was. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Shit was shit was going down. It, you can be you can be forgiven. But Christ. um but yeah, gentlemen, we are here in week three of our four-week exploration of the remakes of George Romero that did not get sequels. This week, Brett, we are talking about just, you know, just one of them. Uh, which one are we talking about, Brett? Uh, we're talking about Day of the Dead. Not Day of the Dead Bloodline, just Day of the Dead. Yes. So the not, 2000- Also not Day of the Dead Contagion Oof. and not the TV show. So we're talking about 2008's Day of the Dead. Um, it was directed by Steve Miner, written by yeah. Jeffrey Reddick, uh, and starring Mina Savari, Nick Cannon, Michael Welch, Annalyn McCord, Stark Sands, Matt Rippey, Ian McNeese, Krista Campbell, Ving Rhames, Cat, Pat Kilbane, excuse me, and a few others. What a cast, gentlemen. Ooh, what a picture. Look. Steven, out of that cast list that you just read off, there are two actors that I think, despite the poor script and the poor performances from the other actors, really shined through. And one was Stark Sands. I think he's he's just great in everything. And in this, like he did the best with what he had. And I think he uh, had he was probably one of the only ones that had like some real actor moments that worked. Um, uh, Ian McNeese is always a good time too. I thought he was really fun in this movie as well. He was the guy who played the radio DJ. Uh, honestly, I don't think we got enough time with him. If I'm no. being real honest, I liked him. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed a Ving Rhames as well. The uh, little bit he was in it. I thought he was fine. Yeah. I, I, Ving I would, everything. You know, I wouldn't say that he phoned it in, but he also doesn't really seem like he was all the way in it either. He's fine. He's not bad in this movie. I, mean, look, I feel his, like his zombie acting is on point. Yeah. He's very yeah. good zombie uh, acting. Assuming that was him other than makeup, which I think it is as far as I know. No, uh, I, 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 I'm really upset that I didn't get to watching day of the dead until today because I really wanted to go back and listen to the commentary because I have this on DVD um now you may be saying tucker this movie sucks and why would you ever watch it because it's horrible and stupid uh well everything that i just said about it is valid 
But also, this is one of those really bad movies that if you have a couple of friends with you and you're drinking a couple beers, you know, and you're maybe passing the bowl around or whatever, this is a damn good time, especially the first two thirds of the movie. It, it's really bad, but it's bad in a fun way. And like I say, like I said before, the dialogue is just it's so bad. It's like the room bad almost. Um, but I, whole, I wholeheartedly disagree with everything you just said. And not I'm for saying, good reasons. Like it's not. You've got a if you've got a group and you're having a good time. This is a good party bad movie. Every time I watch this with people, we have a good time. Every time I watch it by myself, I'm just bored. If and I threw annoyed. this on at a party, that would ruin the party and everyone would go home. It would. It would basically have the effect of Carrie Fisher putting on um, the Star Wars Holiday Special at her parties. Like, well, that's why I said you have to have the right people, other people that appreciate uh, how bad something see. can well, be. Now, and from on. Steve, and from Steve Miner too. Hold this on. is like Steve Miner's. Uh, I, I got you, Brett. I just got to say that Steve Miner is an established director this guy is not just some like associate producer that stepped in to do some shit no fucking steve minor did friday the 13th part two he did friday the 13th part three he did forever young with straight up mel gibson which was a big deal back in the day excuse me he did warlock he did h2o for crying in the mud like He's really nothing to sneeze at. And then, like, what is this? What is this? I don't know. I don't... It, well, see, that's that's the weird thing. As I say, I don't know, but I've heard the commentary. And that's another reason that I kind of like this movie is because I've heard the commentary. And everybody on the commentary, it's Steve Miner and I think the writer and a couple of the actors. And they loved making this movie. Like, they had a real fucking good time during every stage of production of this movie. So like knowing that they were having such a good time making this shitty movie, it makes my heart warm a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you like it. I don't like it. I don't like this movie. Okay. Let's be clear. I do not like this movie. It will get a low star rating. I'm just saying with the right people, it's a good fucking time. Which is to say people that are drunk, stoned, or both. Uh, you know, I think the first time I saw this with someone, I don't think we were either, but we still had a good time because it was just so ridiculous, and we were just making fun of it the whole time. But it is the kind of movie that inebriating substances would probably assist with the enjoyment of. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's my type five. <laughs> Look, I was... Um, whereas, meanwhile, you were I was... Saying, yes. I was I was actively, I, I actively hate this movie. Um, oh yeah, it's bad. It's, it's, it's uh, egregious. Yeah, it's it's so bad. Bad. there were three times where I almost shut the movie off. That's um, fair. That's very fair. Twice, twice the, the first time when the zombie crawled on the ceiling. Second time <laughs> when the zombie dove through the door and crawled on the wall. And the third time when the scientist zombie aliened a dude. Um, so <laughs> real, <laughs> completely silent. Tore him apart and threw him down on the floor. Completely silent. I don't know how a zombie fucking does that. But well, don't whatever. you know, Brett? Zombies have superpowers. They're fucking spring-loaded. Don't you know see, that? Like, see, and here's why I hate it. And like, they're like, also Spider-Man. Because, like, look, somehow. running zombies, you know, I hate them, but they don't make any sense. But 
Like, I understand why they have to exist. Yeah. You know, I get it. I don't like it personally, but I don't get it. Um, but zombies with superpowers that can, like, jump around and crawl on walls and have no internal logic whatsoever. Like, sometimes they can retain memories of who they were and sometimes they can't. It's just that that only seems to happen when it's relevant to the story. Um, only or when if you're a vegetarian. And, and when they're it's trying to time. reference the original in a very loose and <laughs> like stupid way. Um, yeah. That's, you know, that's when I, I just, I can't, as as I've grown accustomed and enjoy saying, I can't sanction that buffoonery. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I, I actively hate this film. You and Tommy Lee film. Jones both, honestly. I actively hate this film in every way, shape, or form. It's real bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's awful. Um, so the Day of the Dead was actually the first. The original uh, was the the first of the Romero zombie films that I actually ever saw. Um, Weird. And I don't. Th- I think our friend of the podcast, uh, Samuel Dumas, uh, when he showed it to me, I don't think he was uh, happy with how I reacted to it. So I was kind of like, "That's good." And he was like, no, it's not good. It's the greatest zombie movie of all time. And I was like, that's an important movie to us, Steven. I'm aware of that now, but at the time I was just (laughs) like, I mean, it's fine. I appreciate this about Steven though. Even if he knows how important a movie is to you, he doesn't hold back his opinion about it. Oh yeah. So, and I appreciate that about it. It's always better to know. Honesty is the best policy, man. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Um, but yeah, no. And I was, I was just like, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and I watched it uh, again this week in preparation for this uh, podcast. In fact, I did too much homework for this podcast this week. Way um, too much. Because I watched not one, but two Day of the Dead remakes in addition to the original. Steven, um, you could have been watching good movies. Yeah, probably. But yeah. I didn't I didn't do that. I watched uh, I watched this instead. Yeah. Um, yeah but uh, I watched this and then I watched uh, before I watched this just, uh, you know, really punish myself um because what is october if not for just masochism um i watched a little movie called uh, day of the dead bloodline and um holy fuck that's worse but not that much worse um you know if you want to see uh the the lead singer from that thing you do get really skeevy and lick a lick a college student's face multiple times both as a human and as a zombie um have at it it's on netflix right now god why would you want to watch it it's egregiously bad um but still like just a little bit worse than this one like this one also not great um and it i'd say uh, uh, this is the best remake and they all suck yeah this one is just a you can this one is obviously a competently made film it's a real movie yes yes that's what i was getting at it's a real movie the other one it's an is an actual not. movie the other one feels like a student film they shot in a weekend it, does it not kinda, feel like a real movie it's got that kind of like all the actors very stilted delivering you know like dialogue that they clearly don't understand what it means yeah kind of like very amateur film kind of stuff which yeah i mean some people really dig that aesthetic. Some people really dig that. That's fine. That's not my thing. Um, but I, I was very intrigued by the way that both of these movies sort of distort the original. Like none of them is faithful 
in any regard. In fact, I think of the remakes that we've been discussing, they've gotten progressively looser every week. Like you get Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake, which is very true to, for the first, God, probably like hour of that movie, very true, at least to the spirit of the original, if not, you know, the action of the original. Um, And it's really only in the third act that things really start to get very different. Um, But then you get Dawn of the Dead, which we said last week was more an homage than it was a straight remake. And then you get this, which doesn't feel even like an homage. Mm -hmm. It just feels like let's slap day of the dead on this zombie script that we have because it's got military people in it. And we could probably make this guy into a, a walking like a, the the good zombie if we well, I feel like it up a little bit i feel like what they did with this is they'd seen the original movie um they had their own zombie movie that they were making um somebody was like taurus entertainment was like hey guys you want to call this day of the dead and they were like okay and then they put in three or four scenes that are similar right. to the original and changed some character names and here you go yeah, like the the fact that they call uh, Mina Savari's character uh, Corporal Cross the entire movie, and then she's in the credits as Bowman, and so you're like, wait, what? What what, what happened? Yeah. What is this? Like someone didn't take a careful look at that before they put this together, but you know, yeah, yeah. And also, somebody seemed to be a fan of Resident Evil, too. Yeah, it's yeah, dude. <laughs> it kind of is Resident Evil. Yeah, it's more. I mean, that at, at the end, the like dead. really, it was at the end when I was like, "Wait a minute, has this been a Resident Evil homage?" Yeah, they the have their own T virus. Yeah, it's like when they get to the the secret lab that's all super sterile and clean. And it's very hiveish. Yeah, very hiveish. Yeah. It's in the middle of a small town. The outbreak yeah. has happened in a small town. Like Stephen, come on, you at least know about Umbrella and Raccoon City. Don't do the I video game shrug. You know more than that. Not much. Not that's much. all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Like it's it's a secret experiment virus was released into a small town and they all turn into zombies. The yeah. end. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. This this kind of like you and you can tell like quality drops in in, in some level um between the last one and this one. Like the last, like this was just did not get a theatrical release. This was released straight to video, which usually disqualifies it from our criteria. But we're making the we're making the exception so we can talk about uh, this as a part of this theme month. But like, and it's got it's got names in it. Like, so you would expect that they would at least try to push this into into a theatrical release like Like who none nobody in this cast is in their prime if anything well no they're anybody that we know in this cast are on a down slope nick cannon is is on his way up he's the one who's on his way up i guess when has he ever really been up though i mean fair he's always kind of circling the bowl that's where he lives but i mean mina savara yeah she's several years off of her her highlight highlight run um but uh now and, stark and, sands as i mentioned stark sands he has gone on to better things and he's a phenomenal actor and i think he really gives as best performance as he can in this movie 
Um, my favorite thing that he's been in is he's an inside Lewin Davis. I love that movie. And you know who he is in that movie, right? I don't. Who's he in inside Lewin Davis? He's the, the army dude that's staying, uh, with, uh, with Lewin Davis's pals and he's a singer and he's the guy who is going to get produced by the guy in Chicago when he gets out of the army. And that's why Lewin Davis goes to Chicago to play for the guy. Oh, that's, you know, like the, the kind of, the kind of naive kind of wholesome guy. Mm -hmm. That's him. That's bud dude. Straight up bud. He plays it very well. Yo, he's good in everything I've seen him in for sure. Of course, you know, my favorite character, like small character in that movie is Adam driver. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Bud Cody. Outer yeah, dude. <laughs> He's great too. I love I love that moment too where Lewin Davis goes to stay at his place mm-hmm. and he hits his toe on something, he pulls the box out. And he's got a box of his own LPs as well. Like right. when Lewin Davis is like, oh man, maybe I'm not the only one who's like living this life that yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, now, Inside Lewin Davis, much better movie than this one. So good. It's my second favorite Coen Brothers movie. It's good. It's real good. It's yeah. top five for me. I don't know that it's that high, yeah, but it's dude. top five for me for sure. One yeah. of these days, we'll do our top five Coen Brothers movies. We already did. Uh, we did a uh, the uh, disenfranchised Coen did Brothers we? movie a couple months ago on the Patreon. Yeah. I know we did Fincher. Did we do? Nope. We did Coen Bros. Okay. We sure yeah. did. I promise you we did. Because I remember I the discussion I... that I wouldn't be on it because I haven't seen enough to do that list, so you guys did it on your own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my, my brain, look, I'm so out of it, you guys. I'm so I'm very sorry to everyone right. in within earshot of my voice right now because it's, it's, been, it's been a week. Um, but yeah, no. Um, April 30th, a serious top five, we called it. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> right on. It's the, I've, I have... <laughs> so much has happened since april that yeah yeah one could say i hope i can be forgiven for not remembering day your week your month or dare i say your year Uh, as long as i got you guys to be there for me then i guess i'll be all right when the rain starts to pour i'll be there oh thanks man yeah dude like Like i've been been there there before before. yeah Yeah. right on i mean because you know i'm there for you too do 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 word um but i mean ving rames is just perfunctory in this movie he's just he he this is kind of an nar for him no acting required he's fine he's not he's, bad he's, he's fine just, he's just doing what he's got to do no. um he's got the meats it. i'll tell you <laughs> one <laughs> that joke never gets old yeah but all right one actor in this movie that I actually legitimately do like who doesn't, I mean, his, he's not, he's not more well-known and it kind of bums me out that he's not, uh, Ian McNeese. Yo, who, I was just talking about him when you were taking care of your dog, man. I was talking about how he's the shit in this movie and like everything yeah. else that he's in. No, I love I love Ian McNeese, man. I I first saw Ian McNeese in the sci-fi original uh Dune as oh, Baron yeah. Harkonnen. Yeah. Maybe that. As Baron Harkonnen and then like he would just pop up and stuff from time to time and I'm like I know that dude. That dude is fucking awesome, but like he doesn't get the play that like a lot of the other 
like British character actors get. Like he kind of gets relegated to these like kind of silly little like secondary tertiary roles. Like he's the voice of one of the um uh, uh the Gorgons or Go um the the big monsters in You had uh, it right. You had it right. Oh, I did in uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Bogons. Yeah. Bogons, that's what it is. Like he's he's in like Brian De Palma's Black Dahlia. Um, like he's he's got a, a recurring but very small role in Rome, the TV show HBO series Rome. Like he just shows up, he's I think he's like Churchill in like a Doctor Who thing. Well, you know, his his most celebrated performance was I think in Ace Ventura Nature Nature Calls. Right. It's- but yeah, like he just he just kind of shows up and stuff. But he's like, he, I don't know. I'm I'm bummed that he doesn't get more stuff to do because I've always really liked him as an actor. And, I wish we um, would have spent more time with the the DJ because that just like you don't even get to take the journey with that group. Like you just rejoin them at points and shit has happened. Right. It's like that's where all the missing reels are. Yeah, is like is that story like 100%. okay i guess these guys showed up at some point here we are like right yeah and they, uh, yeah yeah it, it which is a bummer because yeah you, he's great he's funny kind of wonder what happened yeah and he's he's good like he's having a lot of he looks like john goodman in flight is kind of what he looks like like mm-hmm. if, you, if you've seen flight like i half expect him to just be accompanied by um uh, sympathy for the devil every every time he walks on please allow me to introduce myself well, look, like i would say if you want to watch a zombie movie set in a radio station just go watch pondy pool yeah dude that's some good shit what's the deal with that after credit scene though man what's that all about kind of threw me off i was like uh, what? Like, okay. what what is this called what am i watching Ponty, P O N T Y, Pool, P O O L. It's essentially someone spied on Joseph and I in middle school and took our idea and made it into a really good fucking movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Plagiarism. Yeah, yeah. We wrote this in middle school. We didn't publish it, or you would have no way of getting a hold of it, but you still. And really, it. it's just the scenario that you stole, but still, we want money. Okay, I'll tell you. Yeah, he potty pulls the shit. It's lots of fun. Have never heard. And of it's it. unique. They're very unique zombies. They have a bit of a, a bit of a gimmick. These zombies. Don't <laughs> spoil it for yourself. Go in blind. Which I normally hate zombies with a gimmick, but this one was. I, I was going to say. I know, really I know you do. You're not a big. It was like, like zombies meet trimmers, kind of. You know what I'm saying, Brett? You know what I'm saying? No, Brett. Brett knows what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I like it because I like trimmers so much. But, yeah, know. dude. Dude, yes. But um, no, I mean this. That Pontypool comes out same year as this Day of the Dead remake. So like again, this is wow. kind of the zombie fervor has taken hold at this point, and we're oh like yeah, we're deep, deep into it in it at this point. Like it's been four years since Dawn of the Dead last week, which we talked about, and um, like it's it's just been it's been long enough. Like the I don't know, it, it feels weird to talk about how saturated zombies were as part of the culture for that specific part of that decade it was infuriating as a fan and i'm being honest word like go expound on that a little if you guys could well for me it was just that and i mentioned this last week uh once 28 days later and dawn 
hit and everybody was making a zombie movie right around that time is when streaming was in its infancy. So you had a lot of low budget movies. You had a lot of mid budget movies. You had stuff like world war Z, uh, higher budgeted movies and stuff like that. And, but there were so many, so many and 90% of them sucked. Sure. And it just really like before you got a zombie movie every couple years, if you were lucky, mm-hmm. you know, if like the nineties, I can't even think of a zombie movie from the nineties. Can't even think of one. I mean, Tom well, except for Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I think, but I, I mean, I think you got way, one? Well, yeah, well, I think I would describe this phenomena as imagine if Marvel didn't have exclusive monopoly rights to the MCU. Imagine the early 2000s. Just all public domain. All public domain. (laughs) Anybody could make a Marvel movie. And and everybody was making. And everybody, low budget, mid budget, high budget. And they all sucked. (laughs) Yeah, and like 95% of them sucked. That was the zombie craze. It was just so frustrating because before, you know, you, you could just chill and find the ones that were good. And even the ones that were bad, stuff like the video dead, and stuff like that. I mean, it was still a good time because you had a zombie movie, you know? It was nice to just have one. And then 28 Days Later and Dawn of the Dead dropped and, like, you walk out your door and you're stepping in a pile of zombie movies. And... You're like, oh, why do these keep coming to my door? Why can't stop it? Man. I didn't order these. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who wants this? Nobody wants this. (laughs) Nobody. And then what? Then Jim Jarmusch comes in like ten minutes later or ten years later, and he's like, "I want to do a zombie movie." The and dead don't it, die. Yeah. And then it fucking sucks. Like, what the fuck, Jim Jarmusch? Like, oh, that's a bummer. He's never let me down before. Dead man, the shit. Coffee and cigarettes, other oh, shit. Like Jim Jarmusch is like he's the indie darling that most people slept on. That real ones know. Right. And the dead don't die came out and it was just like what like i get what you're doing but it's not working and look at that cast man you got adam driver bill fucking murray bob odenkirk's in that movie uh chloe seven years in there right golly yeah the cast is stacked and it's just it's boring it's the kind of movie that would have been good if it had been made in response to the remake of dawn of the dead hmm well, because, yeah, like now we're getting those subversive ones that are like good because they're responses to the oversaturation. Like you've got um, what was the there was that one that wasn't good. But then there's like um, what was the one with the the, uh, the teacher? What's her name? What? Uh, the kids. Teacher zombie? It's all it's all kids. Cooties. No, the other. Oh, one. I like that movie. Cooties the monsters, fun. maybe with Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad. Yes, that's the one. Ooh, I can't watch anything with Josh Gad. That dude just annoys me. Just the sight of you him. know what? Just... He leans into it a little bit in that movie, <sighs> and it's it's a little more bearable in that because he's, he's he's a children's host, and so like when the Josh Gad persona is on, it's really fucking obnoxious. But then when he's off, it's like actually pretty fun. He's like the James Corden. He's like the American James Corden for me. I get it. Not I because totally it. and I do, absolutely. I, not because of that they have similar 
body shapes. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just they are similarly annoying. Yeah. As except as far as I know, Josh Gad doesn't seem to be like awful to like people around him. Oh yeah, I mean he in the still way that consistently James does. Yeah, he seems like a pretty cool guy. It's that theater kid tryhard energy that uh, a lot of people find off putting. It's the same thing people don't like about like Anne Hathaway or Lin Manuel like Miranda. Anne Hathaway. I like. It's, I would like that, to hang out with Lin Manuel Miranda. Let's put it at that. It's, we would it's, be friends. It's that kind of tryhard energy that people associate with them that it kind of turns them off. But I, I think there's a lot of that in Josh Gad. I'm not particularly fond of Josh Gad. Yeah, like like he does kind sure of like the ubiquity person. of Josh Gad has kind of gotten under my skin. But like, I wish I I wish him no ill will. No, not at all. I'm sure he's a fabulous guy. Fa- fa- fabulous guy. I mean, James Corden, on the other hand, right? Not so much. <laughs> he is doing a Both new of- show with Andrew Rannells, a new Broadway show called Gutenberg the Musical. Nice. That I sounds really fun, and I would kind of like to see it sometime. I actually did read about that recently, but unfortunately, neither of those actors are in 2008's Day of the Dead. Well, no, but we were talking about like the fun subversive zombie movies. Yeah. Brett even, brought up and even even Zombieland, yeah. which came out a little bit after the saturation, kind of at the tail end of it. I was going to say, didn't um, it hit 2009? The the first one. Yeah, it was kind of. Eh. So I thought right it was around... more near the end as it was tapering off, but maybe not. Um, but still, it was clearly like a subversion of the, you know, oversaturation of the zombie movie. Yeah, zombie like sort of comes make out fun in of 2009, it. and then Double Tap comes out 10 years after that. Well, that's that's the great. Good, that was the good thing, I think, about the whole thing taking off and there being oversaturation because it was so popular. The ones the diamonds in the rough, the really good zombie movies that came out after the remake of Dawn of the dead probably would not have happened if the market weren't so hungry for zombie movies, you know, yeah. like we, we wouldn't have, Fido. Get... we wouldn't have Fido. Yeah. We, wouldn't we, have wouldn't Fido. Have, we probably wouldn't have trained to Busan either. Nope. And nope. I don't want to live in a world without train to Busan. I love that movie. Who would actually Who would? invoked that movie earlier today in conversation with my partner's sister. So as you should, yeah. yeah, as you should. We do love, we do love Train to Busan. Train to Busan is my Roman Empire, as the kids say. <laughs> we are all fans. We are all fans. Yeah, God, that movie rules. That movie rules so hard. And I, of course, as evidenced by the commentary track that Brett did, Brett and I did on it. God, like two Octobers ago. Yeah. Um, I I will cry at the end of that movie every fucking. Back time. when we did commentary tracks. Yeah, for things yeah, other yeah. than trailers. Back when Pepper, we could actually Pepper Farm remembers. Back when we could yeah. devote, you know, two plus hours to just sitting in front of a screen watching a movie. Yeah, the good old days. Nah, yeah. the good old days. When, when life was a little simpler and maybe a little easier. Um, just a little. But yeah, here we are. We're here. Um, and we're here talking about 2008's Day of the Dead. Yep. Big damn oof. Um Gentlemen, let's say we talk about the plot of this movie before we start digging any deeper into the rest of it. Let's do it. I'm into let's it. Let's do it. We have our predetermined uh, places on the die. Yes. Yeah, so I, I remember that I am three and four. 
So uh, right, while while okay. Brett is prepping that, let me say the plot in 60 seconds is the part of the show where we recount the plot of the film that we are discussing, in this case, Day of the Dead from 2008, uh, in 60 seconds or less. And to decide which of us will do that, Brett is going to roll the D6 of Destiny, which he has predetermined which sides correspond with which of us. And based on his role, that will determine which of us will be recounting the plot. Brett. Well, so we have decided that our numbers will be set permanently. So that way it can be a little more fair because as the numbers changed, they just kept dodging me. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping by, well, I'm not hoping. I am. I'm just being more fair. Uh, but so now we're going to have set numbers. So hopefully that means I'll actually have to do it every once in a while. Um, so Tucker, you were three and four last week. I think I was five and six or was I one and two? Do you remember, Steve? I don't know. I don't remember. I think I was one and two because I didn't care for it at all. Right. You liked it more than the other two of us. So. Fair. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm one and two. Uh, Tucker three and four. Stephen five and six. Huh? That was a five, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that was a five. I, I, as soon as you I'm said five and six, time. I was like, I know this is going to always go my way because yeah. the, 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 frequency with which you tend to roll fives and sixes when you do this is uh alarming I mean, well, well look we have set numbers now so we do the odds will say that we each have what a third chance every time sure. one and three so there you go which how is just how it should be it is i'm, I'm so, just yeah. glad it wasn't me because even though i've seen this movie many times after I've about seen the this... first half hour, I just kind of zone out. I mean, I have no idea big, what happens, really. Big they same. get to the hospital, and I'm like, what? I don't know what happens after this. I don't remember most of this movie, so I'm going to make up a lot of this stuff, and we'll, let's hope that what I make up is similar to what's actually in this movie. Are you good? You can call me in, you can call me in for an audible, Stephen. I might be able to help a little. No, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna fucking wing hey. it. Like, yeah, I, go. I mean, I've got the I've got the Wikipedia plot synopsis pulled up, but Shit. it is not um, helping me. Are you gonna tag me? And I did recently watch this right before the recording. If you want me to do it, I'll go ahead and do it. I mean, no, it's no. I I must abide by the D six of destiny. That is that is the bylaws laid down by the podcast gods. That's so true. I right. I, I have been chosen. Uh, I have right. been chosen. I go, my friends, to a better place. Well, Stephen. All I have to say to you is, you know what? Where's mom? <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. Anyone going to like time me or? No, we were going to let you do it yourself. <laughs> I will put 60 seconds on the clock. Thank okay. you. I will give you the 30, <laughs> 10 second warnings. As in, accordance in adherence with podcast law. <laughs> All right. Um, your time starts whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. So, I don't know, there's this fucking small town in Colorado, and there's, like, quarantines and military, and Mina Savari's there, and so's this other guy, and he thinks the town's a shithole, even though she lives there, because it is kind of a shithole. Uh, but surprise, the sickness that's, like, attacked the entire town, it's zombies, really. And so everyone starts fucking turning into zombies, and it, like, as it infects them, like, their skin starts to fall off, like, immediately. It's really fucking weird. Anyway, yeah. they... Um, they I don't know. They they run into some people. The military's there. Uh, Ving Rhames gets mauled by zombies and then comes back and eats his own eye. 
um they crawl through the like the what do you call it, the 20 bed. seconds they, Sorry. they fucking die hard it through the hospital um i don't fucking know man event nick cannon's there eventually they break into some place to like figure out how to get away from it um and they bunch of people get shot they some of them make it out and then a zombie screams at the camera at the end and i don't fucking know what happened in this movie that's the game um yeah no that was fine um (laughs) The only thing that you didn't really mention was that they ran into the doctor and then when they get to the underground facility, they find out that it's like this bioweapon. Oh, like straight up Resident Evil. It just turns into Resident Evil at well, that and point. It's, I think I read that the name of the project is the same one from the Andromeda Strain, like the Michael Crichton book, The Zom- Andromeda Strain. I believe that. So, like they just straight up like ripped that off. Why the fuck and, not? Uh, and then, of course, you know, they do the the, the, the the nice zombie that doesn't eat anybody except as opposed to him learning in the Romero movie or him having a high concentration of antibodies in his blood, like the other remake, uh, he doesn't eat anyone because he's a vegetarian. Yeah, dude. He don't eat meat, but he sure like the bone. Rough. Oh God. Why? Why (laughs) are you? Tucker, why are you? I am. I am the one. Who is called I am. We're going to hand wave that away. And then mention this because this, this does an even worse job of my biggest gripe with Dawn of the Dead remake is that it just, that little homage spits in the face of the point of the original. I agree. It does. It it spits in the face, pisses in the face and shits in the face of the original. Well, and that's just it. Like that is, I think the important thing about the original Dawn of the Dead. And it's the thing that neither of the remakes that I watched this week handle well at all. Yeah. Like they don't handle it particularly well at all. And it's, it's really kind of infuriating. Well, it's hard it's to like, remake perfection. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's similar to my Zack Snyder Watchmen problem, where it's like, yeah, you can make this thing, but did you even understand the point of the thing you're adapting? Because I don't think you did. Uh, as far as Watchmen goes, it always seemed to me like it was more like, and I, I hate it when directors do this. I don't think that Zack Snyder trusted his audience to understand the point i don't think zach snyder understood the point honestly i don't know he seems like a pretty smart guy i mean the fact that he gives every one of those characters a hero shot tells me he does not understand he does not get the point of the original because the point of the original is that this is stupid superheroes are dumb and they don't look (laughs) dumb when zach snyder's filming them like they should well not everybody can be as cynical as alan moore <laughs> no and it's a good thing few too, people can that man would, society would not function if no, everyone dude. was cynical as alan moore good god like am i glad he's around yes but also i just need the one like we don't right. need any more alan Moore. right no god bless just the him. one it's fine the one he is, is fine he he was a visionary he's got his problems i'm not gonna say <sighs> the man doesn't have his problems but what a grump what a vision, fucking grump visionary comic book uh writer um, but, uh, oh yeah, no, no more of him, please. And Big old grump. Yeah. But I don't blame Zack Snyder because people don't have media literacy anymore. Yeah. You pretty much do have to spell shit out and don't expect them to understand anything. Sure. I mean, sure. Is this coming off a little bit pretentious right now, but come on, we've been on Twitter. We know what that's like. We've yeah. seen it firsthand. Yeah. yeah. People just completely missing the point of just about everything they watch. I mean, that's true. They do. Yeah. 
but and again like we when when all you can watch is like you know superhero movies that just spoon feed you everything you need to know then you know there's no real reason to expand your media literacy because there's nothing else to okay alan moore uh, <laughs> no, that was that was my Uncle Marty tirade, but yeah. Uh, I go. mean, it was, it, I thought it was funny. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's a good joke, man. It's good. Was Don't patronize me, bro. I love you. I would never. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. I'm joking. I love Bring you. Bring it in. Come here. Bring it in, big guy. Uh, yeah, there we go. But yeah. Anyway, anyway. God, fuck <laughs> anyway. I I did not What's like up, this movie at all. Um, no, this movie's garbage. Anyway, yeah, this movie is this movie is bad. So thanks for listening to our episode on Day of the Dead. Oh no, wait! I didn't get to talk about how the the lead male protagonist Sarah's brother uh, looks like his face is falling off of his head. And look, <laughs> I don't like. I feel like it counts as punching down to make fun of the way somebody looks. But looking does, at his IMD, definitely. look at. But wait, looking at his IMD picture, IMDb picture now. He grew into that face and he's handsome as fuck. So I don't mind saying that he literally looks like his face is falling off of his head. He has yeah, no, there's no structure. There's no bones right in his now. face. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> he's, no, he's a good looking guy right now. I mean, it's kind of hilarious that he was in Star Trek Insurrection, which is a movie about aliens who had, you know, faces stretched yeah. over their own. So that's, yeah. That's fun. That's he nailed fun. that role, I'm sure. No um, makeup required. He was also in Twilight, apparently. So there cool. you go. That's the thing that happened. Cool. Uh, so yeah, the same year this movie came out, he was also in a little movie called Twilight. So he was in another movie that was uh, direct response to the oversaturation of everything. What's that? Vampires. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Twilight was yeah. I mean, yeah. Twilight was kind of a part of the reason why vampires became even more oversaturated. But yeah. Yeah, Anne Rice sort of like alley-ooped it. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Meyer and Stephanie Meyer just spiked that shit into the ground. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Um, you know, much to everyone's dismay. Everyone, unless you were like a 12 to 15 year old girl at that time. Yeah, much to your dismay. Oh, no, like 12 to like 35 year old girl at that time. Like, Lord, man, those books were rapidly, ravenously popular. Which I don't understand. I read them, and I don't know how I managed to get through the second. I one. didn't. I, I I watched ten minutes of the first movie, and I was like, "Can't do it. Sorry, I'm out." Um, you deserve a medal, Brett. I feel like I do. Yeah, because you did you it. Know, just having to suffer through that second book is just. Oh my god, it's just nothing but because it's all written from Bella's perspective, so it's just a whiny teenager. Just expounding yeah. about how much she misses her vampire boyfriend. Yeah. Hey, how Fuck. come those vampires still go to high school? Like, they don't have to do that. Why would they do that? Like, there's an explanation for it in the book, and I don't fucking remember what it is. To, to prey on to prey on underage girls. Not all of Clearly, them do. Like you do. Just... Well, like the the Canadian guy, like like Gordo says in detention. You know, he only eats baby animals because they haven't had time to live a life and you know they're not missing as much because he's eating them as babies do you remember that i do yeah i remember i don't remember i don't remember how <laughs> you man i don't remember how that relates to what we were saying but 
It doesn't. Yeah. That's fine. No, there was that's a reason right. it connected. We actively don't want to talk about this movie. And I can't yeah, that's us. pretty much well, what we're getting. I at. can help. I can help you out here. I can help you out by talking about this movie, but also not talking about it at the same time. Something that's interesting about Ring Rames in this movie <clears throat> is that he does the same thing that Joe Pilato does in the original trilogy. And I get the impression that Ving is actually a very big fan of the original films. Like he sought out Dawn of the Dead. Like he like he heard there was a remake and he went to them and was like, you're going to put me in this, right? Like I feel like he's a fan of the original Romero films. Probs, yeah. But the reason I say that he is similar to Joe Pilato is because Joe Pilato was in the original Dawn of the Dead as a policeman. Mm-hmm. And then in Day of the Dead, he was Captain Rhodes. Same actor, two different roles. Ving Rhames is the cop in Dawn of the Dead, and then he plays Rhodes in this movie. Same Captain actor, Rhodes. different yeah. roles. That's a pretty you cool thing. You see what I'm saying? That's pretty you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I figured that out myself. It's not even on IMDb, I don't think. Yeah, I made that connection myself, you guys. Nice. I originated cool. that. You should put, put that it on social on media, you guys. That would also scream to me that like he's a big fan. Maybe he actually set that shit up. Right. Like I would not it's... be at all surprised to learn that because again, after he sought out Dawn of the Dead, it would not be surprised a surprise to me that he would go, "You're gonna put me in this one too, right?" Like, well, yeah, but didn't you die at the end? It doesn't matter. I'm I'm in this one. Well, one like, of oh, the. Yeah, okay. um... One of the production companies behind this movie was also one of the production companies behind the remake of Dawn of the Dead. So it could be possible that he had some kind of contract as well to appear in other zombie movies from this production company. Okay, that's that's Uh, a possibility. Strike Strike is the name of the company. Mm. And their their production logo appears before both 2004's Dawn of the Dead and 2008's Day of the Dead, though every other production company and the distributor are different right and that's that's i think something worth pointing out here is that unlike the original romero trilogy which they're loosely connected by all being a part of the same outbreak these movies are not connected at all and i know we talked about this last week well and it's it's funny that you mentioned that steven because just like the remakes the originals are all owned by different companies right like that's the reason why like strike may have produced this movie, but you can't do day. You have to go through Taurus to do anything day of the dead related because they own the name. Right. Well, they own the that, name. That's, like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a very similar thing to how Sam Raimi had to make <clears throat> the evil dead trilogy. Oh yeah. All three of those are under different. They're all, yeah, they're all tied well. up in different, different distributors, different production companies. Renaissance, so, new line, universal. The reason why yeah. Ash versus the evil dead doesn't, can't mention army of darkness like that's it's why that franchise is kind of fuzzy and why nothing has happened with it really sent besides ash versus the army of darkness i don't know besides evil dead rise this year outside of that yeah i mean well you're (laughs) no i get what you're saying i get what you're saying right yeah i do i do i do there's there's a reason why nothing has they're, they're they're not really pumping out anymore Ash, Army of Dead, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. Yeah. Content. Yeah. yeah. Well, Even nothing they like they want to set mainline, it up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, maybe try and set up a big crossover movie. Maybe that'll happen. Yo, just get, out, just get me home girl. Just get me home girl from 
uh, the remake. And no, I uh, want I want Jane Levy to do another Evil Dead movie. I I loved her in the the remake in thirteen. Well, no, hasn't didn't Bruce Campbell say he would do the three person crossover if it happens? He would do I, that. I think he said he was done. I thought he said he was retired. Hey, I don't, I don't know, know if you know this, but sometimes people come back. There was this football guy named Tom Brady that retired, and then he came back like a couple months later. Do you remember when Mark Hamill said he wasn't going to do the Joker anymore, and then he did the Joker some more? Do you remember that? Remember when that happened? I mean, Bruce Campbell was out doing press tours for Evil Dead Rise, introducing the movie and doing Q and A's. Well, he's a producer really think... on it. Like he's he's part owner. It's him, Raimi, and uh, the other guy. They're all Robert they Tapper. All own it. Tapper, yes, they all own it together. So of course he's out there. It's, it's he's got a vested interest in making sure that thing sells. Yeah, dude. Could you, uh, name some other producers that do what he did, though. Look, he's the face. He's the guy. He's lots the chin. People, He's the chin of the series. Are the face of a franchise. They don't but no one's the chin, tours. Brett. Well, no okay, one's I, the I, chin I, but I Bruce Campbell. <laughs> like, man, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I agree. Know. I agree with both of you. No, what Steven would, says makes sense, but I agree with you, Brett, that like that's unprecedented. I would still love to see it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know that we're going to. No. But I would I would still love to see it. And at the end of the day, it is just a fan theory. Yeah, I did a day. I did a day. It's just a fan theory. Like speaking of fan theories, you guys, none of you guys responded to the one I dropped in the chat the other day. None, you what? Which is what I, I figured it out. Did you? Oh, that the Deadites are just Romero zombies possessed by Pazuzu. Yeah, you dropped that yesterday I... when I was busy with the lady. So I oh. guess, but. Pazuzu's not from the Book of the Dead, though. He's a he's a. But a I mean, just in, like dude. in terms of the attitude, like the it's got like the. Pazuzu I guess, but kinda... is Pazuzu gonna like let you summon a big head to like try to eat you and like send you back in time? And we don't. Well, I don't think we get okay. enough time with Pazuzu. He might. We don't know. Sounds like to me, he just like likes to hang out in little girls' bodies, and like talk some shit. And barf. I mean, Speaking of barf, you guys. First thing, my day of the dead, my day of the dead remake DVD is gone. I don't know where it is. Oh, I'm sure no. I had it when I moved here. It is g- 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 gone. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for you. No, it is. It is bad. You joke, but it is bad because the commentary, like I say, is worth the price of admission itself. Um, In the words of the great Gene Wilder. Wait, stop, police. <laughs> <laughs> I said good day, sir. Uh, I want to you lose. Put, <laughs> I want to put this in the chat, see if you guys can see it. This is, if that shows up, is that just a photo, you guys? Is it a photo uh, of a DVD cover? It is a photo of a DVD cover with a lot it's of... a zombie barfing? With an eye in the barf, yeah. That's the cover of the DVD that I had until I just looked and it wasn't there. Oh, God. And is the subtitle supposed to be The Need to Feed? Is that the subtitle of the movie? It was on all the DVDs. It's not on the actual film. Look how, like, stupid and awful that cover. Isn't that the worst thing you've ever fucking seen in your life? Pretty awful. Especially because there's only one vomiting zombie scene. It's just, it's, it's just disgusting. And you know what? Not only did was this the cover, but it came with a slip a slip cover, and that was a hologram, and you could see the barf come out of his mouth if you moved it 
like to the sides. I don't need yeah. this. I don't need it. I don't want it. No, thank you. No. See, that's the thing about it is it's so aggressively bad that I just can't help myself but just like laugh at how absurd it all is. That's where the joy in this movie comes from. It's just giving into the absurdity and being like, just, I can't believe, can't believe how bad this is. Oh, I'm glad it brings. It. I'm glad it brings you joy because I wouldn't not... say it's joy. I, mean, I will dunk said, on this movie. You just said joy. What brings me joy is dunking on this movie. Okay. I mean, that's fair. what brings me joy. If you want to get a couple robots together, go up into space and just shit on this movie all the right. time. Right. Yes. Yes, sir. For sure. But yeah, no, I just I could not with this movie. Like it. It has no logic. No. The zombies has... have no logic at all. How does this disease fucking work? Why did they all turn at the exact same time as I if there's some sort of sentient virus? Right. Like right? they all froze at the same time and then and it turned. wasn't like what? And there was no biting and there was no patient zero. It was just everybody had the flu and then like their yeah, skin deteriorated and they became zombies i don't right. know man who the fuck knows what you i mean at least they explain i mean it's a virus no a, like honestly i'd outbreak. rather like, that's what's great about the romero films is you don't know i like the ambiguity of it that's where well, i that think too, that yeah. the walking dead almost took a misstep by almost explaining it in the second season like what the fuck are you doing? look frank darabont's gone for one episode and look where you are come on <laughs> Jesus, he turns it? his back for one second and what the fuck i mean, I think I mean nice things kids I think we did, did get finally the... do that in the show it was nice that we got dude from truman show in there for a season that was cool like, I like that actor, the yeah. guy who played the scientist that they found, who plays uh, Truman's best friend in Truman Show. I can't think of his name. He shows up and shit all the time. Yeah. He's great in that yeah. season. I just don't like the fact that he exists in that season well, because like, I don't want to fucking know. That's but that's I mean, they reveal that later on in the show because they reveal that yeah. in the comics that they're just yeah. everybody's infected. We don't know yeah. what it is, but they don't explain why, though, as far as I know, I never read the rest of the comics i don't know yeah they don't explain it the thing is like it was an airborne thing um and so anybody that's still alive is um immune to the airborne virus but if they get bitten it's in their bloodstream i guess i don't know it's no because even if you died that was the thing that was the twist even if you died without getting bitten or scratched or anything you still turned so everybody's just infected Right. The people that are alive are immune to whatever, like you said, is in the air, if it was airborne. Yeah. Once you die, regardless of how you die, you turn. Which it's I just know so is... fucking convoluted, dude. I, it's hard to keep track. But I, I mean, I know a lot of other zombie fictions that kind of do that, though. It's like, yeah. you just... Yeah. Well, we got like Night of the Creeps, you got the space slugs. Right. You know, yeah. that as long as it's fun and silly, I'm into it. Oh, we, we love Night of the Creeps here, like... Yeah, I mean, I, previous I'm, episode of Night of the Creeps, and I'm definitely a fan of just the straightforward. The dead come back to life. You get bitten by one, you turn into one. Period. End of story. Right. If you die, even not by a bite, you turn into one. Yeah, that's the thing. Is the bite is is gives you such infects you so bad that you die. It's your death that turns you into a zombie. Right. No matter well, how yeah, you die, right. but if you get bitten, you're going to die. No, wait, because on. of the infection does that wait, make sense no, well okay that's why we were just talking about how the walking dead works did i thought you didn't like that no i like that maybe i misunderstood oh. Oh, okay what i'm saying no, I, is I like, like you have to be bitten to turn is what i'm saying 
Oh, I'm saying if you die. This Romero zombies are if you die, you right. come back. If you get bitten, you die. Therefore, you come back. Like right. getting bitten is a death sentence. Did I miss that part of the Romero films? Have I not seen Day of the Dead in forever? Is that what happened? Maybe, but people people die. That's the recently deceased man. That's why we yeah, have cemetery that's... zombies. They weren't bitten. Exactly. Like, dude in the remake, like, he's got his backwards tux on, dude, because he was in a fucking casket getting buried, man. They obviously did not pour the vault around that dude yet. No. And that, well, I mean, but, that... I mean, but you, you, that guy could have been bitten before he died. Like, I never, I never assumed that they were... Like, cause you don't, do we ever see straight up thriller style corpses crawling out of the ground? Like no, because, crawling out of the ground? no, because George Romero has the sense to know that not only would they not be able to break out of a wooden coffin because they're so weak, but most of them will be too deteriorated to do so. And right. also most of, there's a thing called a burial vault, which I know you guys know what this means, but in case there are um, listeners that are not aware um, a lot of the time when you're buried, they don't just put your casket in the ground. They put your casket right. in the ground and they put cement around it. So it's like sealed. And so not so only the, could the you. Event of the zombie apocalypse, you stay put. Absolutely. Like would, you'd have to be really, if you're coming out of the grave, you got to be real fresh. And real, also, real fresh. It prevents grave robbery as well. Yeah. So, so it's neither, it's neither here nor there, actually. That's never, that's ambiguous. Uh, well, in in um, Knives of the Living Dead, the remake, Uncle Reege was not bitten. He was just sick, and he died, and he came back. He did not right. get bitten. Yeah. I'm trying to but think see, who I, else... I took that line to mean he got sick because he was bitten. No, I'm trying to think who else in the original trilogy just straight up died. That's weird that we would interpret that in like two different ways because that's always been like that's always been my understanding. You die. Well, the fact it's the recently say, deceased they come it, yeah, back to dead. They say recently deceased several times, particularly in the original film. That, that then, was kind of the bodies of the dead must be destroyed. Right. Well, right, but that but you can also interpret that as like, well, I mean these these are just news reports saying that if you know they're not saying whether or not they've been bitten or not. Yeah, but chicken or the egg, Brett. Like, how do you well, have right. a zombie if there's no zombie also, to bite people? Like everybody, when The Walking Dead did that thing, where like if you die, regardless, you come back. It was a big yeah. deal. Like everybody was, was like, "That's it? such a really Wasn't good it? twist." Like, is but, it? Like, <laughs> that's how zombies work, though. I thought it was because hey, man, yeah. Look just... at my boyfriend's back. Johnny Dingle gets shot in the heart, right? And he comes back as a zombie. He wasn't bitten by anybody. I mean, that's not canon, Romero. I'm just saying that's an example of a movie zombie, where it's understood by most that the the way you become a zombie is you die you just die right. and then you come that's back what i but i'm going to try not to i'm going to try not to come back which is it's crazy that you two have interpreted it this way that's like, that's the way and, it is and from the sounds of things most people haven't am i crazy like no, I, gotta, I think I, I don't think like... I don't think you're crazy, Brett. I think it's one of those things where like uh you get into like your 20s or your 30s and you realize you've like been saying something wrong your entire life. But you see, know what if I mean? The, like if that were the case, you could show me more definitive examples that that's how it works. 
And so far, you haven't been able to, except for the one that isn't even a Romero movie. Working on it. Reanimated corpses, man. Not saying people who get bit. Uh, so, I am going to reference the original Night of the Living Dead. Also... Dawn of the Dead, and also Day of the Dead, because there are several zombies in each of those films where you can tell that they died by other means. That's not, see, that's not proof, though. That's you interpreting it. it. Is it not? not. According to a Quora link that I found, in George Romero's zombie universe, anyone who dies, uh, dies comes back as a zombie regardless of whether they were bitten or not, as long as their brain is not destroyed. Let's see, do they give? Okay. For one example, watch Land of the Dead, where a man hang, who hangs himself comes back as a zombie without ever being in contact. There you go. That's one. Um, I feel like somebody gets. Well, Ben. Ben in Night of the Living Dead remake does not yeah, get bitten. He, he gets shot twice by Harry Cooper, and the motherfucker turns into a zombie because he dies. Because right. he dies. Yeah, man. So this, so again, so well, okay. So I'll give you that, but also at the same time, I mean, right there in that same answer gives a lot of reasons for why a lot of people don't believe that's the case. I've never heard, I've never, this is the first time anyone has come to me, Brett, and said, it's only the bite that does it. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. When a person comes back as a zombie that hasn't been bitten, they don't seem to make a big deal about it, especially in that example, too. Like, yeah, he hangs himself and comes back as a zombie, but there's no, like, they're not putting a point on it. They always put a point on the bite and the turn. Because there's always a that, focus on that. Because that is dramatic tension. Because usually, And also, that's probably someone, how you're going to die. Usually it's someone in the party who's been bitten that wants to keep it from everybody else. And so it becomes and then it becomes a way to build tension within the scene because then the we know it, but the characters do do not. The audience is aware, but the characters Johnny that builds Johnny. Tension. And then why but then Johnny why gets is, his neck broken in the original but then why and the is remake. That such a big deal. Like if they all know that if they die they're gonna come back as a zombie, why even bother hiding the bite? There's such a big focus because well, they're short sighted like, idiots. But still, well, that's the same thing. Like, Selfish. I think even the characters within the universe think that if you get bitten, you become a zombie, and that's how it happens. Well, and I think that's what's interesting about a lot of the zombie movies, particularly the ones that front load the, um, the 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 outbreak, is that there's a lot of misinformation. Much like there was, I mean, we we were in a pandemic not that long ago. Like, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of um, confused information there's a lot of things people get right and a lot of things that people get wrong and i think that those you can see a lot of that playing out across it so yeah maybe these people on the ground do think that the bite is what turns them because they haven't come into contact with someone who died without the bite yet i have a couple examples uh johnny from the original and the remake he is bludgeoned to death and comes back in both um also um the guy that Rhodes takes over for in Day of the Dead. I'm pretty sure he just dies from something. I don't think he gets bitten. I feel like they would have mentioned it because he, Dr. Logan's got his corpse and it's alive. Mm-hmm. Like, 
so so then so i'm more than happy to admit i was wrong about this but at the same time i can't i can't abide by you saying this is one of those situations where like i thought i was saying it wrong for all this time but i've actually been wrong i don't think i'm wrong like there's been a definitive story relevance to the bite there's been 28 days later that you know the virus that turned them into these things is caused by a bite like there's been there's a story focus well, on or the blood bite. you just it, come in blood. contact with the blood yeah or a scratch even like yeah. and even in resident evil even if you're bitten or you're scratched you become one you but not if you just die like there's a lot of don't, don't know, why did man. you make that face like because not, i don't know man well i'm telling you that's how it works okay like, okay <laughs> well and I, I and so this is something that i brought up before on on other episodes about other monsters like vampires in particular is that different writers then once once someone has established a baseline for what the rules are different artists come in and riff on those rules it's like it's like jazz once you know what the rules are you can riff like crazy and i think other art works in that way so like you get the fucking twilight vampires which do not operate the same way that classic vampires do and even classic right. vampires do not operate the same way that bram stoker's dracula so really like, uh, the rules change from no I, to and i agree with that um but i would say the you know you have interpretations i'm sure where it is just the bite but i would say it's safe to usually assume that it's just death that turns them I think I think that's I think that's what's frustrating. That's what's making me mad right now. Not that I was wrong. Is it because it's too much of an implication than like an actual like no fact it, that there's proof for? Or? No, the fact that you basically said I've been wrong my whole life, and they're they're like Brett, no, you, we still love you, Brett. I mean, no. you, said. you did say that, Tucker. You did uh, like well. I, what what did we say before? It's always better to know. You want the truth from your boys, right? But it's not. It's exactly what Steven just said. It's like vampires. It's a different interpretation. I can admit that I was wrong about the Romero zombies. I can admit that I was wrong about that. But there's plenty of other zombie media where it's the bite that matters or contact that matters. Now, even even in Resident Evil, like it, it, it's a really weird thing where like they do this homage in Resident Evil Three, where they do this homage to Return of the Living Dead where it rains and then Jill goes through a graveyard, (laughs) yeah, and the zombies start rising out of the graves (laughs) in the graveyard. And like that sort of graves. does it make any sense? No, within that's... the universe of Resident <laughs> Evil, but it, yeah, I guess. Uh, but whatever. That's right. So yeah, but most of the time it's just you get bit or scratched in the Resident Evil universe, you become a zombie. And there's plenty of other media where that happens. And and again, I point at the like that that big of a misconception about how it works is why that twist in The Walking Dead was so popular with a lot of people because I don't think they knew any better. That's so wild. Well, and it's like you said earlier, man, like it media literacy is dead. But that's not and I, I was thinking that, but I'm like, wait a minute, that's not media literacy. Like if if you have so much media putting such a focus on getting bitten, like that's just well, yeah, that's how it works. That's what that's what they show me all the time. Like there's a difference between being subtle about something and that's your intention versus something in the background that nobody's going to notice because you're putting such a focus on something else. And I mean, again, I think Romero intentionally doesn't put the point on it um, in the way that others do. But again, it's, it's the difference between like 
Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. Like it's like one of them is like the culmination of all of these different ideas that come together. And the other one is riffing off of that original idea and doing something interesting and different. But Jason Voorhees is more in line with what the slasher genre became. Whereas Michael Myers was always emblematic of kind of like its origins and and something far more sinister at work, you know, beneath the, the suburban veneer of society. Right. Um, and I think zombies can operate in much the same way and that Romero's got his his idea that he comes out with. But as that becomes more popular and as more people start using it and riffing on it and taking it, they they take just like um, just like Cunningham did with Friday the 13th. They're going to start taking the pieces that resonate more with them and applying it to what they're doing. And they're going to ignore or omit or overlook or what have you, the pieces that don't necessarily fit their understanding or conception of what's going on. Uh, before we, before we move on, I want to say the, the one singular piece of zombie history that automatically puts my brain in that space that says that just automatically assumes in every zombie movie that it's death and that a bite will lead to death. And that is in the original night of the living dead, when they they finally get the TV and stuff, and there's that whole long section where they're just watching TV. The most exciting scene in a movie where people watch TV, for me, um, where the reporter is talking about the report that he got from, like, a medical lab or something, mm-hmm. where, like, the, the, person, the person that's dead, like, it just starts moving and getting up and trying to attack them and stuff. Like, that whole... Like um, the whole story that he tells uh, to me, because it was just like a morgue. Like I never, I never thought about how it could be implied that all of these deaths were by bites. So, Brett, I do see where you're coming from, even though I think you're wrong. Like I get it, I totally get it. I mean, look, I haven't gotten that passionate and heated for a while. So, hey man, I, yeah, a, man, that was a good little discussion, man. I had fun. Yeah. I had fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what it is between like between vampires and zombies, but like I can accept most variations of vampire lore, but for some reason I just can't accept other variations of zombie lore. I don't and know I th- why. I think part of it is that zombies have, with very few exceptions, until very recently, operated as a monolith. Um, like there was Romero; he was the guy that did it best, and just about everyone riffed on his conception, specifically. Um, well, before Romero, it was just voodoo slaves, man. There were right, no, like, right. ghouls didn't exist. Like, people coming back from the dead and eating people wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't even exist. Yeah. And also, I guess, for vampires, the variations are always kind of subtle. Twilight, not with yeah. anything. Right. Like, the variations yeah. are always kind of subtle. It's not like, you know. I like some. I like some of the bigger swings. The strain does something completely different with vampires. But I was gonna say I like some of the bigger swings, like stuff like Dracula two thousand, where Mm. it goes back to where it's Judas. Like Dracula is Judas, the original vampire, because like the blood from like the cross or something. It's ridiculous. It's it's stupid, but it's a fun interpretation. You know, it's not something you would you'd be like, oh, that does that is kind of cool. Like that does kind of make a little bit of sense at least. Yeah, when it's it's usually Kane is usually the person they go with as the first right. vampire. So, I'm was it Kane? 
in Dracula 2000? Or what? I, no, I, think, sure it, I think it was Judas in Dracula 2000. It's just like even in Vampire the Masquerade and the RPG and like that a lot whole of other trilogy. Vampire lore, that whole trilogy, came. like it, it definitely drops in quality for the second two, but it's still a good watch as a whole. I really like the the story that flows through the three of those movies. So, Brett, clarify for me then: is does that mean that vampirism is the mark of Cain in that that subset of lore? Yes. Because the mark, at least the lore in that in the Vampire of the Masquerade universe, I believe, is yes, the mark of Cain means immortality and cursed with, like, God, hold on, now I got to dig deep. For no, Vampire I mean you're you're not. It basically, the, hold on. <laughs> Do you guys maybe when Dean had the mark of Cain? Do you, do, you want, do you want maybe me to that? talk about the actual biblical purpose? And he had that knife, Cain, and it was fucking cool. Yeah. Well, so, well, real quick, so I, I sort of remember, like when Cain was cursed by God in this in the Vampire the Masquerade universe, three different archangels visited him and cursed him in different ways. One was to be forced to drink blood. One was to not be able to walk in sunlight anymore. And one, I forget what the third one was, um, but but yeah. So and then he, oh, cursed with immortality was the third one. Um, so I guess you're immortal, but you have to drink blood and you can't walk in the sunlight. So that's that's I believe the Vampire of the Masquerade lore about Cain. So So biblically speaking, the mark of Cain is simply a sign that God places on Cain so that people are not um so that people don't immediately kill him when they see him because they know that he murdered his brother in cold blood. Hmm. Like the Scarlet Letter, but for murder. It gave Dean superpowers. Right. It did, yeah. yeah. But again, that's cool. another one of those like things that, that you can you can riff on that lore all day long. So, oh yeah, that's that's some yeah. that's right up there with like the Four Horsemen stuff that I fucking mm-hmm. eat shit. I just eat it right up. I bet you do. <laughs> it is delicious, delicious fake by yeah. the lore. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, so. No man, that was that was a good little diversion. Uh, what else do we have to say? Let's let's uh, let's bring this plane in for a nothing. Minute. What else do we have to say? About <laughs> fucking David? nothing at this. Point. All I have to say, Stephen, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Johnny has the keys. Johnny does have the keys. Um, look, what, this what, this. What's the other line? Does he look dead to you? <laughs> is he dead? Now oh, there it is. Is he dead? There it is. This movie comes out April 8th, 2008. It is released direct to video. It gets yeah, it did not no, get theatrical. No theatrical release whatsoever. It, it was made on a budget of $18 million, And I have made on a budget abs- of Nick Cannon. Uh, $18 million. I have absolutely no information about the yeah, we, video sales on this at all. We decided to break our Batman rule for this episode. So Exactly, yeah. We... Uh, well, I have here on IMDb, I don't know how they got this. It may have been a very limited release, but we have a budget of $12 million and a gross worldwide of $301,771. So I don't know what that comes from. It's certainly not video sales. I know that I bought it the day it came out because it just looked so awful. And back then, you couldn't just like stream a new movie. You know, you had to buy something blind. You did. You did, or you had or to you trust had some to, film critics to... Uh, you had to go to Blockbuster. 
Yeah. I also got this at Lafayette Square. Best oh. Buy. The, Jeff heard. Um, did you hear Best Buy said they're going to stop selling physical media? Yeah, fuck uh, them. I hate it. Why, why am I going to go to Best Buy anymore? Jeez. Never. That's to why. get what a surround sound system. Get some nice speakers. Uh, so this movie TV, comes out April 8th, 2008. Machine. It is uh, the rest of the box office. It does not get a theatrical release. But what is in the box office this week? Uh, at the number one spot opening this week to $20.8 million future episode of this podcast, Prom Night, the remake of Prom Ooh, Night. I did not like that, but I want to talk about it. We will do that one of these days. Nice. Um, all it's an awful number, poster, too. Right, oh, at number Stupid. two, it's bad. Uh, at number two, we've got the movie Street Kings, Keanu Reeves, uh, Chris Evans, Kings of the Street. Forrest Whitaker, I think, is in that one, too. Um, uh, in third place, uh, down from the number one spot the week before, 21. That's that uh, card counting movie. Oh, yeah. With Jim Sturgis. Yeah. Uh, in uh, fourth place, down from number two the week before, Nim's Island. Uh, what if Nim had an island? Wow, Jody coming Foster, out this week, Gerard dude. Maybe Butler. they should have released it theatrically. <laughs> I mean, uh, in fifth place, uh, the George Clooney film Leatherheads. Wow, still don't uh, care about any of these movies. What's yeah. next? Uh, well, get ready to not care some more. Uh, it's Horton Hears a Who, the animated yeah, film Horton Hears a Who. Off the back of the Lorax. Yep, with Horton Hears no, a Who. This is before, before the Lorax. Really? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty Whatever. sure Lorax. There's Who's in this movie, right? Because he hears one. Yeah, Lorax is 2012. Yeah, so this is 2008. Oh, okay, okay. This was their their big pivot away from live action after it Mike Myers ruined the movie, Cat in the Hat. right? Why was it an Easter movie? Um, well, because the next one is Horton Lays an Egg. Honestly, we could probably cover Horton Here's a Who because no, there I'm is good. an actual canonical sequel to okay. that one. So we That's could probably good. cover that one. Nah. Uh, in seventh place, new this week, Smart People. Uh, eighth place. Not or, smart enough. Like I never heard of them. <laughs> uh, uh, eighth place, The Ruins. Uh, nine is the parody superhero movie. The Ruins and, wasn't bad. Uh, I like The Ruins. <laughs> What was the parody is... superhero movie? It was it's like called the parody superhero movie. No, it, it is the parody film called oh, superhero movie, like scary movie, oh, and disaster oh, okay. movie, not another yeah, teen exactly. movie. Yes, yeah, the date movie started right. that. Uh, oof, big damn oof. And uh, in the number ten spot, Drillbit Taylor. Wow, and I'll bet the studios around this time were like, "Why isn't anybody going to the movies?" Mm. I don't know. You just keep putting out diarrhea. Like nobody's gonna come to the movies. Right. We got diarrhea at home. I, I was saying, go check out the ruins. The ruins is pretty. Good. I have never heard of it, but I will I check it out based on your recommendation. Don't remember. I think I didn't care for that one. But let me give, let me give you the elevator pitch, Tucker. So some people Ooh, get them alone. Are, I like her. Um, going on vacation in the jungle. In I think maybe yeah. or on safari or something like that. Um, they find this uh, really old, um, like wow. Mayan shrine thing. I think it's Mayan. I'm not real sure. I don't remember. Um, Word. And they get trapped on top of it because whenever they try to leave, the plants that are deep inside of the shrine mm-hmm. um, kill them. And then they also try to lure them into uh, the ruins themselves. 
um, like by making that sounds those. cool. It's really you could have uh, just. You know, you know, Brett, like that all sounds interesting, but you could have just said Jenna Malone's in a, a bikini in this movie. Oh, there you go. I'll do it. I mean, yes. Accurate. I'll do it. And I can say that because she's only two years younger than me. No, sure. Jenna Malone is uh, like, she's a hottie. I've, I've always had a thing for her. I think she's great. Yeah, dude. Donnie Darko like a motherfucker. Uh, the Tomatometer score on the 2008 Steve Miner Day of the Dead is a 13 percent <laughs> yeah sure um that's a little generous if you ask me mm-hmm. uh it is not on metacritic there is no meta score for this one at all uh so sorry we'll count that as a zero of those sure. and uh the uh letterbox score is a 2.0 uh tucker out of the five stars possible how are you going to rate steve miner's 2008 direct-to-video day of the dead I'm going to agree with everyone on Letterboxd and give this a two. It's one star because it's complete fucking garbage. But as I've said before, that second star is there because you get the right people together and watch this movie. You're going to have a good fucking time for the majority of it, especially with that ridiculous dialogue for the first half. It's a real good time if you're if you're just straight up dunking on this movie with your friends. And this guy, Nick Cannon, you know, uh, trying to summon the power of He-Man with a machete. That's what I'm talking about. That is what he's talking about. <laughs> hey, did you guys know what Nick Cannon's talking about? Everything, apparently, because he says it about every three minutes. He's talking about just pretty much everything. Brett, how are you rating this movie out of five? I gave it one star. I was going to give it a half star. Um, but, it's you know, it's a half star just because it's a, it's a competently made movie. Um, it's an but, actual film, yes. <laughs> but I gave it another half star just for that little bit of a Resident Evil homage at the end that took me yeah. by surprise. Um, yeah, I also gave it one star because it is bad. It's so, real bad. Yeah, I couldn't... I, I cannot sanction this this movie's buffoonery to quote mm-hmm. Brett and Tommy Lee Jones. So so not only can I not, I won't. And you you shan't. Mm-hmm. I shan't. Uh, but there it is. That's it. That is the penultimate episode of our Romero Remake Spookython next week. We're going to close out our fourth annual Spookython with another Romero Remake. Uh, I'm kind of excited to watch this one, honestly. I've never seen this one before, so I'm kind of stoked to get into it. You've never you, seen either? You, the original or the remake? Either. No, I've oh, never seen either. yeah, dude. You I'm could so say you. it's going to get crazy. Oh. And, you know, Ooh, it's... So anyway. It's uh, it really fits with this month, mu- this month, not because it's just because it's George Romero, because let's be honest, you guys, people who have seen this film, it's just zombies by a different name. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. Like we were talking about reinterpretations of zombies. At one point, Romero was like, what if I reinterpreted it? Right. Like, what if I put a little spin on it? Like, what if I did that? A little bit of that Thanos fine. I'll do it myself. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's like, all right, fuck it. You want to fuck with uh, my shit? I'll fuck with my shit. Bam. And so until next week, when we do talk about that, uh, look, you can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on, uh, on blue sky. Now, Instagram, letterboxd, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at disenfranch pod uh find us also anywhere. google plus we're on google plus are we 
no it doesn't exist anymore you silly i was gonna say no (laughs) i did like it when it did though because it was super low-key and nobody was there nobody was there i think i was on there for like a week and i was like this sucks i'm gonna no it was great it was Um, great i loved it the uh you can you can also look while you're on your podcatcher choice find us there leave us a nice five-star rating and review particularly if you're on apple podcast or spotify that's going to really go a long way to helping us find more listeners like you and we like you so we probably like other listeners like you as well so go ahead and please do that that would be very much appreciated that is probably the best way to support the podcast without donating money but if you have like say a spare five bucks a month laying around that you're not doing anything with uh consider hopping over to patreon.com slash disenfranchpod and sliding five of those american dollars our way um we've got so much content back there behind that paywall it is ridiculous in fact i was talking to a patron the other day who was like i was not expecting this much content and i was like yeah there's a lot of it. We've basically been putting out regular monthly content on that page for the last, God, what, two years, year and a half? Yeah, there's there's days of content there. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys were doing at least one or two a month when it first started. Yeah. And then for the last several months, we've been doing, what are we watching, once a week? Weekly, yeah. And then occasional monthly episodes where we can, like a Upsaw Christianity Corner, like the one we did earlier this month on the exorcist uh the one that we talked about doing on this week's what are we watching um another upsaw christianity corner that tucker wants to fast track like we've got some we've got some fun stuff upsaw video game corner episodes dudes look we've got we have 22 uh well i'm sorry we've got four upsaw christianity corners we have five upsaw video game corners we have 22 what are we watchings 10 disenfranchised at the movies seven unenfranchises and 19 disenfranchised that's days and a partridge of in a motherfucking pear tree yeah dude it's all there so mm-hmm. you look it is $5 well spent if you yeah. do decide to throw down your hard earned money we promise we will make it worth your while uh, and so that is a great way to support us financially. All the money that we make does go right back into the podcast. Uh, we're not really getting rich on this because we we're not making that much. So that's fine. No. Um, but yeah, we do we, it for the love. We do it for the love. We do it for the patrons. We do it for the podcast. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworth. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. And Blue Sky at Chewy Walrus. Brent, where can we find you on socials these days? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and now on Blue Ski as well. Um, Blue Ski! Although you were just talking about you know, how Google Plus was sort of barren. It, Blue Sky kind of feels like uh, that to me right now. Uh, I miss but, Google Plus. But, like, I mean, there's, there's people there and people are talking, but it's a little bit harder to find a good feed of stuff. Um, you really got to go digging. You you really do, and if you don't have the time to do that, it can be a little daunting to kind of build your build your uh your armory, <laughs> I guess your your arsenal of of followers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm I'm getting a fairly decent number of followers each day, which is cool. Nice. I don't know why they're following me, but cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can find me there at sus. Uh, well. So Blueski is sus warlock. They wouldn't let me put the underscore. Bastards. Uh, but the other two are sus underscore warlock. Right on. And Tucker, where can we find you these days? Uh, you can find me at 
ICE909, that's I-C-E-N-I-N-E, the number zero and the number nine on both the YouTubes and the Instagrams. Uh, I also have my my famous uh, mug page on Instagram, Tuck Mugs, Tuck underscore Mugs. Uh, last week we had a guest mug uh, from my sister that was really cool and interesting, and you know, you know, fit uh, not only the theme of the page, but since it is a a disenfranchised adjacent Instagram page, it also had something to do with movies and shit, and that was cool. Right on. It was really cool. Also posted today. We posted on Tuck Mugs. Yeah, uh, kind of a yeah. kind of a twist in that story. A bit of a twist. Mm. Yeah, um, the team over at Tuck Mugs is doing a great job. They are. They've they've been really focused lately. We're getting together a lot of really good content. We 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 kind of put it together weeks in advance just so that we can fine tune it. We've got um, we do test. We have test a test audience like a beta team that goes through all our stuff. It's no no expense is spared um, spared spared no expense john hammond style spared no expense yeah no and before <laughs> before i stop talking i want to show you guys this because it's funny but you can't see it fuck never mind i'll send it to you i can't even describe it can't even fucking describe it anyway we're all friends which is cool. we are friends we are friends and we're laughing <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is all she wrote for the 2008 remake of Day of the Dead. This has been the Disenfranchised Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Foxworthy, for my co-hosts, Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time, you know what? Where's mom? <laughs> <laughs>